0: Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Amen.
1: Amen. Um, it is good to be back. Uh, we had an awesome, uh, unbelievable week at Changers. and um, We just thinking earlier this morning this this will be uh, my eighth time in nine days of getting the opportunity to preach the gospel and I want to thank the Lord for those opportunities uh, to share the gospel and um, it's been great thank you for your prayers thank you for those of you who um, have been lifting us up those of you who gave um, as part of our cooperative program again I hope you know and understand that as you give to this church we intentionally give beyond here that we can help not only those in this church who want to go places like that but those in other churches who want to go. And so it provides places like shower trailers and helps with equipment and tools and, and many of the things, meals, things that you So again, even if you weren't there, as you give week to week in this church here, it's an opportunity for you to be a part of encouraging, helping those who are going. And so I want to say thank you to that. And praise God that we're a part of churches who cooperate together, hence the cooperative program, and we work together, and so it was a beautiful time to be together in the Lord. Many salvations, many transformations, God just doing a great work uh, through His Word, the power of His Spirit, and uh, man, we just had an unbelievable week, and so I want to praise God and thank God for that, and again, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, tonight, or tonight, yeah, so usually it was tonight when I was preaching, so hey, uh, transition, right? But uh, this morning, we're going to walk, uh, returning back to where we've been, we've walked through the book of Isaiah for some time now and we're going to pick up this morning Isaiah 51 and end of chapter 52 and we're going to look at this idea today. Peace and happiness. How to get it and keep it forever. My assumption is the vast, vast, vast majority of us are after peace and happiness. And today's text is going to unveil for us How not only to get it, but how to keep it or have it forever. So peace and happiness, right? We all want it. We all want to keep it. The problem is it seems so far away. Like, I mean, you have peace and happiness. It's like holding water in your hand. Like it's there one minute. And the next minute, it seems like it's vanished. It's poof, right? I mean, some problem explodes. A message comes in. An issue at work. An issue in your family. A sickness. A diagnosis. Right? I mean, bad news. Something happens. And so it just seems so far away. But this morning, I want to share with you maybe a story that will help us understand about why peace and happiness seems so far away from us none of us listen want to end up right on the opposite end of peace and happiness it doesn't in fact happen by accident i was reminded of one of these early encounters in my life this jagged truth when several months back one of our our members came into a small group and shared that they had run into someone that had taught me early on in school i won't name what year so hopefully it will not be so incriminating but this person had taught me, and they had taught for a long time, okay? And they they were sharing that they'd gone to Greensboro Baptist, and I was one of the pastors there. And the person said, "Well, I want to tell you a story about Blake. In all of my years of teaching, I only had to spank two people, and one of those was your pastor, right? And so I want to share maybe just briefly. And yes, as many of you are laughing, that's what happened in our small group. And um, anyway, I don't remember it being quite that funny of an experience at the time. But here's kind of what happened, right? We were out walking one day, and. And where I went to school there, there was breaks in the sidewalks and there was these steel drains. And if you did about like this, right, it would sound like you threw an aerosol can into a fire. I don't recommend it. Pow! So that day, we had been warned by our teachers that, listen, enough was enough of that. And if you did it, it was going to be bad news for you. And so I was in the back of the line, right, and with buddies. And it's just unfortunate. It's part of my personality. God uses it for good, but at times it can be uh, pretty bad for me. Um, I, I like to try to test things a little bit. and um, So I did a basically about what I showed you there. I went as high as I could and slammed on that bad boy. And after I did, it was just kind of like everybody in the class stopped. And I realized in that moment that peace and happiness were about to take a vacation in my life. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And so they take me in there and talk to me about how disappointed they were. And um, I remember getting my name written on that paddle and that bad boy meeting my backside and my little booty feeling it and i I share that because the reality is for the vast majority of us we understand why peace and happiness are so far away like we don't end up here by accident right we it's the result of sin. Now, it may not always be ours, but we live in a sinful, fallen world, and we experience moments when, guess what? Because of sin and the fall, right? There's sickness, there's death, there's pain, there's broken relationships, there's lies, there's deception, there's greed, there's all these other things that just kind of this big, nasty concoction that happens. But we don't end up where we are by accident. So it is to the people of Israel today. Like, they didn't end up in Babylon by accident, right? I mean, they had got there because of some really unwise decisions, some rebellion. In fact, they have been sinning against God. And so they end up in the exile in the land called Babylon. Our exile usually ends up with labels like depression or anger or addiction, withdrawing or feeling of hopelessness. We might come to the point, right, that with peace and happiness, it feels like, what's the point? Like, what's the use? Like, nothing's going to change. It's not ever going to get better. And listen... While there's nothing that we can do to capture it and keep it forever. Hear that today. There's nothing you can do to capture peace and happiness and keep it forever. No matter how hard you're trying today. But today's text shows us there is hope for people in exile. And there's hope for us. And it's this statement that's going to be, as we come to verse 7 in Isaiah 52 today, it's this simple statement. Your God reigns. Your God reigns. And listen now, we're gonna get there in a moment, but they say this to people that are still in exile. These are, these are the people that they can do nothing to bring themselves out of captivity. The same way they couldn't bring themselves out of Egypt. Same way Jonah couldn't get himself vomited up out on, on his own out of that well, right? There's nothing they can do. There's nothing you can do today. But the good news is there is a benevolent, kind and gracious and merciful God who desires to deliver you that you might have peace and happiness forever. And it's because your God reigns but let's get to right kind of like my story unfolding let's understand how we have forfeited our peace and happiness right the people of israel have forfeited their peace and their happiness just like we have listen to how it unfolds in their lives maybe it looks similar in yours we read several weeks ago when we walked there in isaiah 50 we asked him the question would god ever divorce me and it was from this statement here verse 1 of isaiah 50 right we get two fours two reasons why they or where they are. And he says, first, it's because of your iniquities. You were sold. And secondly, he says, and for your transgression. It's because of your sin your mother was sent away, right? I mean, it's sin that has brought you guys into captivity is what he's telling them. It's what's landed you there, right? It didn't happen by accident. Further, look what happens as we walk further with them. Isaiah 51, verse 13. Here's another indictment on them of helping explain why they are where they are today. He says that they have forgotten who? The Lord who? Your Maker. Have you forgotten the Lord? Have you intentional sin in your life experiencing, right? You're wondering why is there a lack of peace, right? Why is there a lack of happiness? It, it may be just a time of testing, but it's it, it, listen, it's likely for many of you, you're experiencing this because of sin, because of forgetting your God, of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be what? Added to you as well, Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said. Maybe you've come to a place that the people of Israel did in verse 11 here of Isaiah 51, a place of sorrow and sighing. Stop today, right, and think about maybe just you and the Lord's relationship and maybe you just need to do some examination. God, is there sin in my life? What's happening here, God? Maybe I'm rejecting you or rejecting to spend time alone with you and your word. Or maybe, God, I'm not committed to the church. And Father God, I'm not spending time with other believers going deeper in your word and and discussing not only about God's word, but how God's word applies to my life. And and maybe you're staying on the surface here and kind of just floating in and out. Or maybe just on the surface in in, in a large congregation, it's easier to hide. I want to encourage you, go deeper. Allow yourself to be open other believers speak into your life you speak into others having others encourage you love on you right walk beside you you need that beloved maybe today if you're here and there's relational issues in your life it's likely that sin has crept in it's likely maybe that you have along the way forgotten that person right to invest time in that relationship or whatever it is and the good news is listen as we think about the separation between us it's usually one of two things One is that maybe there's a desire on one person to repent. They no longer want to live that way, but the other person desires not to forgive them. Or maybe you're there today and you desire to forgive that person, but they just won't repent. In either case, there can't be reconciliation, right? And so we see today, that's so hard about it. These people have forfeited their peace and happiness, and, and maybe you have found yourself there. Now listen, though it's not always that it's like intentional, right? I mean, like it's not always that we experience a lack of peace and happiness because it's intentional. A lot of times we think we're doing good things. We think that thing will make us happy. We think that will bring us peace. You think maybe that sleeping together outside of marriage is going to provide that fulfillment, but instead it leads to consequences and worries and Maybe it leads to a break in another relationship that you're already in with a spouse. I mean, whatever it may be, right? We think in those moments, right, that that thing will actually bring us joy. But it, in fact, ends up forfeiting our peace and happiness. Maybe you thought that job, right, would bring the joy and the contentment, the happiness, right? Finally, once and for all, you would have the security of what your family needed. You could do this and that. But, in fact, it's begun to rule your life. And the thing that you thought was good for your families in fact, ended up being bad because you're not ever with them and there's a lack of peace and happiness maybe it's that new car that new boat and listen it seemed like whatever that was right I mean that you thought man this will be it it'll be awesome it'll be great it's gonna provide so much peace and happiness and man that thing broke breaks or doesn't work and it leads to you fighting with mechanics and others and maybe it's for you some of you it's video games right you think if I just had this video game if I just had this system it'll be so awesome and you get that game and guess what everybody else is better at it and you stink And you're furious and you're mad and you're angry, right? I mean, listen, so it's not always just things that we think are going to somehow be bad. A lot of times it's things that we think just look so good, but they end up robbing us of our peace and happiness. Why? Because we're trying to find peace and happiness somewhere other than God, and it will never work. It'll never work. And the reality is, it's like trying to chase that carrot. And you can't ever catch up to it and you find yourself just being miserable. Those things that thought were so good and up leaving you bankrupt, right? And it drives you to a place of darkness, of depression, of often rebellion toward God and toward others. And here's the reality of this truth. Listen, these folks, listen... Yes, that they have forfeited their peace and happiness, right? We've seen that here in the text and just kind of discussing how it applies to us. But here's what's also tough about this. The judgment of God now stands against us. It's not only these people have rebelled against God, right? And it's, there's, a, there's a break in their peace and their happiness. Now also the judgment of God stands against them because of their sin. Listen to it in verse 17 of Isaiah 51. The Lord says to His people, Wake yourself. Wake yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem. You who have drunk from where? Come on now. You've drunk from the hand of the Lord, alright? So the Lord has given you something. The Lord's placed something in your hand, alright? And let's ask what the question is. What is what was in the hand of the Lord they are now drinking? It's a cup what?
0: Of his wrath.
1: It's a cup of his wrath. It's the cup of God's judgment. Right? This is serious. The people, because of their sin, have experienced God's judgment. It's not an accident that they are conquered and exiled and in Babylon. God says, I want you to know the reason why you're in Babylon. It's because I made the decision to do it. I sent you to Babylon. I sent you there to humble you. Listen, they're taking from God's own hand the cup of His wrath. And here, listen... Here's the sobering truth of this. Just fast forward a couple of verses. Come with me. The next verse down, verse 18. There is, look what he says here. There is none to guide her among all the sons that she has born. There is none to take her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. No human or power or wisdom can escape the judgment and wrath of God. See, and listen, there, there's nobody. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how influential you are. I don't care how many resources you have. There is no one found that can deliver from God's hand. As the text says in other places of scripture, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hand of a living God. There's no one that can, can deliver you out of that hand. Do you see that? That they can't deliver themselves. They can't come up out of exile. Look what else he says here further. These two things have happened to you, verse 19. Who will console you? Devastation, destruction, Famine and sword, right? The judgment that had happened, right? The famine that had taken place there when they came to siege them, the sword when the other warriors from Babylon and others came in and struck them down. Look what he says to them here, secondly. Your sons have fainted. It's telling that your situation is without peace and happiness at the moment. There doesn't seem to be anything good in the future. This isn't like a temporary, like, this is bad, but it'll get better in a few days, a few weeks. Your sons have fainted. Like there's no hope, right? You're, you're, like your hope of what this carrying on of things getting better. There's no hope. It's cut off. Some of you are there, right? I mean, you thought it would hopefully after a few weeks, maybe after a few months. And now maybe you've been into it for years. And that depression still seems to come. That anger's still there. That brokenness is there. Those things haven't been healed. You you hear Brother Todd's words from 1 Corinthians fifteen, right? Not becoming weary and doing good. You you, ex- you heard that today because you know how it feels to be weary. It is with these people there in Israel experiencing this. He says, in fact, they lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. You are like a helpless animal stuck in the net. There is no way to remedy this on your own. There's no way to remedy this on your own, and some of you listen. You're there today because your pit just seems to keep getting deeper, deeper, right? The cash advance that you thought would be the answer, the salvation to what you were currently going through, now has ended up like a, almost like having a wrecking ball parked in front of your front door. See the the. the the pain medicine that was there to help you overcome that, that that surgery or to overcome like with whatever you were dealing with, right? I mean, it, it felt so good in the moment, but now it's become like a coyote in the night. Whoo, baby just calls to you. That wasn't a very good coyote call, was it? Now you know why I don't hunt, right, or do anything else, right? Listen. I don't know why I did that. I never did that praxis this at all either. It just felt like in the moment that was something you should do, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, stick to the script, bro. Right? Stick to the script. Anyway, listen, man. That's bad. It's uh, anyway. I'm just. I love you, Emma. I hear you laughing. Right? Listen, though. Listen. That's it. I mean, some of you again. You thought those pain meds. That was the answer. That was what was going to solve it. And now it just keeps calling. You become a slave to it, not able to live without it. See Psalm 16 and 4. I read it early this morning. Says. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Some of you were there. You thought that other God, that other thing, right? That cash advance, right? That addiction. You thought that, that other relationship, whatever it was, that's what will bring me peace and happiness if we just have that. Once we get there, if I have that job. And the Word of God says to you in Psalm 16 and 4, the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. And you've experienced sorrow upon sorrow and peace and happiness feel so far away. Beloved, sin has brought the wrath of God to us all. And the Lord, according to His word here today, right? The Lord takes this cup and says to you, take and drink. Take and drink. This is the reward for your sin and your rebellion against me. It is my judgment against you. What a terrifying thing. What a moment without hope here today. Until someone steps in that will take this cup. Do you see this? Do you feel the weight of this this morning? There seems to be no hope for them. And maybe you feel it for you today. Like, Blake, it sounds like there's no hope. You're exactly right. Because I want you to feel the desperation of being lost and separated. And I want you to feel the hope, the joy, the peace that this God will bring by taking this cup from you. So, beloved, open your eyes. Your God reigns. Your God reigns. Listen to the end of this at chapter 22 and the 51st or chapter 51, the 22nd verse of Isaiah. Thus says your Lord, the Lord, your God. Listen to, what, listen to this. This is when you start to hear these whispers of mercy, these whispers of grace. Listen to it. Your God who pleads the cause of His people. Now listen, they haven't done anything to change you. They they can't do anything. They're they're in Babylonian captivity. The Babylonians rule the world. There's no hope for them. You're there today. I mean, you feel like there's no hope for you. But listen to this whisper. There's a God who pleads the cause of His people. How does He do that? Like, what's He do when He pleads the cause of His people? What's He saying? Look what the prophet says here. Speaking there on behalf of God. Behold... I have taken from your hand what? The cup. What cup? The cup of staggering. The bowl of what? My wrath. He says, you couldn't take it from your own hand. I've given it to you. It's a judgment for your sin. But God in His love and His mercy towards you says, I'm going to step in and take the cup that you deserve and I'm going to take it from your hand. Now listen, he's speaking a whole year of of delivering his people out of Babylonian captivity. He's going to use the Medes and the Persians who will come in and and Cyrus will pronounce freedom just as the prophet Isaiah has prophesied. But we know that there's someone greater than Cyrus that is coming to take the cup out of our hand. Now listen, this, this this is hard. Right? Because between when they drink it and when he takes it away, they've been unable to do anything to change the situation. They can't fix it on their own. God has to step in. Now listen to this. Listen to what happens. Matthew 26. It's Thursday. The disciples and Jesus have just had the last supper. And Jesus has washed their feet. And they've all professed that they won't deny Him. And He says, in fact, this night you will all turn away. Judas was there. And He took the bread and and dipped it. And He said, what you must do, do quickly. And it says, Judas went out. And John records for us, it was night. The disciples will close out their time of the Lord's Supper. They will go to the Garden of Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives as they make their way, singing, right, traditionally according to what we understand from history as they recognize the Passover and what God had done, but there's a greater Passover coming. It's there in the Garden that Matthew picks up and records for us the 39th verse of Matthew chapter 26 of Jesus going alone to the Father it says he falls on his face and he prays. Listen to what he prays in light of what you've just read in Isaiah 51 and 22. My Father, if it be possible, let this what? This cup. What cup? It's the cup of God's wrath. Something's happening here. You, you, you cannot miss this. Okay, Isaiah lays it before us. Right, but we know even the prophets, they were seeing through a glass dimly, they were looking forward. But listen, Matthew says, I want you to know the one who's coming to take the cup of wrath from God's hand. Listen to who it is. Listen to who it is today. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew records that He goes two more times, three times in total, praying the very same thing. And then Matthew records something astonishing for us. The silence of God. There's no answer from God. Why? He's saying, listen, I want you to know, son, there's no other way. This is my will. Do you see what's happening in this moment? The cup that you and I deserve because of our rebellion and sin, intentionality, rejecting God and going after other things other than Him for peace and happiness, those things are idolatry. We are convicted. We are condemned. We are deserving of His wrath and His judgment. And God stands forth and says, take this and drink. The wages payment for your sin. And now the sinless Son of God comes. And as that hand is reached out to you, beloved, to drink the judgment you deserve. The Son of God. The sinless Son of God comes to the cross, drinking down the judgment of God for you. And he declared, from that cursed tree, it is what? It's finished the wrath and judgment that you deserve today. It's finished. The Son of God drank it for you. He took the cup of God's judgment for you. This is the hope of the gospel. This is the good news. Why? That you could receive in return not a cup of judgment, but a cup of kindness, a cup of mercy and grace. A cup that will lead to forever peace and happiness. Listen now as God steps in to do for His people and do for you what you could never do for yourself. Listen now to what the prophet Isaiah records. Verse 7 of Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings what? Good news. Come on, three of us. Let's go. Come on. The feet of Him who what? Brings good news. In places like Second Samuel chapter 18 beginning in verse 24 and following, we have David waiting to hear back from this war that had taken place. It was because of his son Absalom who who had tried to raise up and take the throne from David. And, and so there's an insurrection as one of David's own sons tries to rise up and become king. And, and there's war and David waits to hear not only about the war. He desires to hear what is the outcome of my son Absalom. And they look and they see these runners running toward Jerusalem. And they wonder, do they have good news or do they have bad news? And you can imagine here now, these people in exile are waiting in exile to say, well, listen, we're here because our deeds deserve it, our sin deserves it. Maybe God will just say, listen, here comes bad news. Drink the cup of wrath. But listen to what this one says. He's coming, running toward Jerusalem, heralding, good news, good news, good news, good news. Do to you hear today? Running toward your life. Good news, good news, good news, good news. Good news. What is the good news? Listen to what it is. Who publishes peace? Who brings good news of what? Happiness. Who publishes salvation? Who says to Zion, Your God what? Reigns. Reigns. Can you imagine? Do you hear it today? Hear it coming to you from the cross. From that empty tomb Christ raised today. You hear it? Peace. Happiness. Salvation. Your God reigns. Peace, happiness, salvation. Your God reigns. Peace, happiness, salvation. Your God reigns. Peace. Why? The end of war. But listen, we know it's not just the end of war with Babylon. This is a greater war that they are. Why? Because they are at war with God. And finally, as Paul says in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by what? By faith, we now have peace with who? God. Through our Lord who? Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Paul says it can only be happening. You justified. You declared innocent. You declared who were once guilty. You're now innocent. And he says it is by faith. Nothing that you could do. It is about what He has already done for you on the cross and you believing, you repenting and confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So this one publishes peace. Not only that, He says, there is bring good news of happiness. There's no more bad news coming. Do you hear that? Can you imagine coming to a place in eternity? And listen, some of you... Those that you love, they've already gone on to be there. Do you imagine you live and dwell in a place that there's never, ever again bad news? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Do you see just even now the happiness like, oh, I want to be there. And God says, you can because of my son on the cross. But if you reject him, there is no other offer of salvation. There'll be no eternal happiness for you. There's peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. No more sorrows to bear. No more parting over there. Oh, indeed, what a day. What a glorious day that will be. Psalm 1611 says that in your presence there is the fullness of joy, pleasure and happiness forever and ever. That's what Christ has won for you on the cross. He says to them, thirdly, not only is there peace, not only is he proclaiming happiness, he's saying to a people who are in bondage that there is salvation. Why? Because the power of the oppressor has been broken. The wages of sin is death, beloved, but the, the power and the good news of Jesus Christ is that there is forgiveness and salvation. Because he took the cup on the cross, he suffered for you. And by the power of God alone, He was raised from the dead, declaring to everyone that He had overcome sin in the grave. And listen now, we don't have time, but if you read through some of the remainder of Isaiah 52 here, they began to sing for joy. He says, break forth together into singing. Like there is just this, 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 this moment of worship breaking forth because they realized they could never rescue themselves. And this God has done for them what they could never do. It's the gospel right here in the prophet Isaiah. The gospel declaring your God reigns. Paul takes this very text in Romans chapter 10 and he shares with it how it should propel us as a church. Not just that we would receive this good news. Listen where Paul goes with it. Begin in verse 13. It's one that you know well, Romans 10 and 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? What? Shall be saved or will be saved. We love that, man. We love it. Let's, let's tap that right on the front of the of the church. We love that verse. And then Paul says, Great, you love that verse? Well then how then can they call on him whom they have not believed? And how do they believe in him who they've never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can they preach unless they are sent beloved? As it is written. Listen to what he cites here. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. He's citing Isaiah 52 and 7. Guys, you've got to take this message to your families. I challenge you. Pray right now. Think about at least one person in your family. You could have this to share with them that we have messed it up. Peace and happiness is so far away. But instead of us drinking the cup of God's judgment, Christ took it for us on the cross. Who today, listen, you love Romans 10 and 13. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. How do people at your job know that? How do they know unless you tell them? That's what Paul says. He said, like, be careful, church. Amen. Hallelujah. All day. How do the people of Green County know it if we don't knock on their doors and tell them? How will the nations ever hear if we don't go, if you don't go? Maybe one of the ways that you could be a part of just proclaiming this good news that our God reigns is maybe serving in our children's program on Sunday nights as we get ready to get started back here in August. Serving, filling in in those ministries or many others. Listen, I also want you to realize that people or things won't bring permanent happiness or peace. That means you need to reevaluate how you're spending your money, how you're investing your time. Listen, some of you are depending upon someone else to be your happiness and peace. Some of us listen to temptation and I'm just beginning it, but I can already see I got a guard that my boys' performance, or one day maybe my little girl, their performance in the classroom or on the field of sports or in music or arts or whatever that is, that does not become my God. Like, I don't put them in the place of my God that if if they perform well enough that I'm happy and we're at peace because they won and they got the win and hit. I'll be honest with you. There's times when my kids are already playing. I'm like, God, please let them hit it. And God's like, Blake, you going to love me more? If they hit it, they strike out. Which I mean, are you in or you out, bro? Like, are you that fickle that I'm only good when your kid gets the win and hit? Are you okay when they strike out and the game's over? Are you okay when listen? They don't they don't make it well in that reading program. Are you okay with that? But see, listen, we got a guard, and I'm speaking to myself. I've got a guard. Why? Because we have a tendency we want to make other people God, and nobody can live up to that. Some of you lived your childhood like that. There's freedom for you today. Come on. You have tried to perform for coaches and moms and dads and grandparents and you are exhausted. The other side of it is, and I kind of alluded to it there, some of you are trying to be that God. Like you're trying to live up to that performance, right? Like, I mean, you're trying to talk that suicidal person off the ledge every single time. Like you think if you just do enough for your family, then that'll be happiness. If you could just have one more conversation at work, then this would happen. Like, I mean, you just had this never ending feeling that you somehow need to be God. And because of that peace and happiness seems like it's miles away because you're trying to do something you were not created to. You are not God. So what if all of us today just came back and recognized our need of Jesus and realized that He's the only one that can fix us. And because He's the only one that can fix us, He's also the only one that can fix them. It's not you. It's not your performance. Do you feel that like the weight just falling off? Like you don't have to perform, you don't have to be God. Or listen, it's just this good news that Christ has come to redeem and save. Today, if you desire permanent peace and happiness, listen forever. Come to Christ, right? Wow. Listen, you're wondering, Blake. But listen, listen. This is my my last argument as we close. But Corey, you guys make your way. This is my last argument. Some of you are terrified that if you give up, like trying to be. God, so to speak, like to do everything for that person or for your family or for whatever, or you try to perform well enough for your parents, you wonder, like, will God actually be able to step in the gap and handle it? Here's my final argument. If God gave up what is most precious to Him, His Son, will He not also give you all things? I mean, He's given you up the very most precious thing that God has. He gave His only Son for you. Will He not also meet the needs of your family? Will He also not meet the needs of your parents? Will He also not meet the needs of your spouse? Will this God not meet the needs of this community and this nation? We today can rest in peace and have happiness, not because of us, but because our God reigns. So come to Jesus, baby. Come to Jesus. Bill Gaither wrote these words. Because He lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because i know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because what he lives today come to christ beloved come on i invite you to come experience grace and mercy forgiveness jesus died on the cross the cup of god's wrath has been drank in full that you today could instead receive a cup of kindness and mercy and grace You'll never earn it. You'll never deserve it. That's why it's grace. Respond in faith today, putting your faith in Christ alone, repenting, saying God, my way of life is wrong and your way is perfect. Father, forgive me, cleanse me and I receive the Holy Spirit of God to empower me to live. Some of you today, you're trying to be God and you're exhausted. Come today just to surrender. Come today, surrender. Some of you need to repent because you've tried to make other people, maybe your children or whoever God. Idols, come today. Maybe you need to have a conversation outside these walls. I don't know what it is, but I encourage you, just because he lives, would you respond?
0: This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcasts of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.